Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi ladhina astafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rasuli wa Khatim al-Anbiya. Wa ala alihi naskiya wa ashabihi latqiya amma ba'd. A few nights ago, I had mentioned that when the Persian spoils of war were delivered to Medina Munawwara, there was such a view that the Sahaba had never seen anything like this before. And there were some daughters that belonged to the Persian emperor. And because of their honor and their dignity, Umar gave them permission to choose if they wanted to enter into the wedlock of any particular companion, considering that companion would accept. One of them entered into the wedlock of Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. Muhammad bin Abi Bakr is the son of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr, Siddiq radiallahu Through this marriage, Towards the end of the Khilafah of Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu from this marriage, there was a child born whose name was Qasim. He became known as Qasim bin Muhammad. He lived with his father in Medina Munawwara, and then due to certain circumstances, his father was stationed and sent off to Egypt by the Khalifa. So he followed his father with his sister all the way to, um, to Egypt. Now when they were there, unfortunately due to some political unrest, his father was killed. When his father was killed, he had an uncle by the name of Abdurrahman bin Abi Bakr, Aisha his brother. Even though Muhammad was her brother too, but Muhammad was from another mother. Abdurrahman bin Abi Bakr was the same, from the same mom and dad. So he went from Medina Munawwara all the way to Egypt to receive his now orphaned nephew and niece. He didn't want them living alone in Egypt. He then brings him back to Medina Munawwara. And while they're in Medina Munawwara living with him, 
one day his sister, Ummul Mu'minin Aisha radiallahu anha shows up and she says that I would like to take these children into my care. Aisha radiallahu anha did not have any children of her own and had a longing for tarbiyah and love taking care of kids. So Abdurrahman radiallahu anha obliged and the children entered into the care of Ummul Mu'minin Aisha radiallahu anha. This is very important. Just like yesterday, when we covered the story of Hassan al-Basri, we learned that he grew up under the care and leadership of Umm Salma radiallahu anha. Qasim bin Muhammad, for those of you who don't know this name, is considered to be one of the seven greatest jurists of Medina Munawwar. During the time of the Tabi'un, there was this term called Fuqaha Sab'ah. They were called the Al-Fuqaha Sab'ah, the seven great jurists. The Maliki Madhab, the entire Madhab, is more or less based off of the opinions of these great Madani scholars. And one of the greatest of them was this Qasim bin Muhammad, who grows up under the guidance of Umm al-Mu'minin Aisha. She is the one that's feeding him. She is the one that's taking care of him. He says that when the day of Arafah would come, uh, my aunt would tie up my hair and bathe me and put on these beautiful white clothes and we'd sit down together and we'd do Oh, love for dua and how much dua she made and how much she worshipped Allah because he was so um, close to her. One day he said to her that, Auntie, I have a request for you. And it's quite awesome when your mother is from the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen that you can make requests that no one else in the world can ever fulfill. She was one of the very few people in the world that could actually fulfill this request. And you can't even imagine the intelligence of this young child that he actually thought of this. Young children in our day and age would say, Baba, I want to go to Best Buy. And then we'll see where the, where the night takes us. And Qasim bin Muhammad, he says to his aunt that I'd like to see the grave of Rasulullah Aisha radiallahu anha had the Prophet's grave, her father's grave, and Umar radiallahu anha's grave in her house, and she had it covered so no one can see. So he said, I really want to see it. She said, okay, come with me. So she took him inside, and she removed the curtain, and he saw three, ga three graves there, and they were all leveled. None of them were grand and you know structured. He then asked her which one belongs to the Prophet and she pointed at the one that was most in the front. And as she pointed at it, he says that she started crying a lot. Just seeing the grave of Rasulullah wasallam brought tears to her eyes. And how would they not? When Nabi wasallam was such a pleasure and joy and happiness. The Ummah cries when we hear about the Prophet of Allah. Imagine his wife. She's standing at the grave, she's pointing at it. There's that nur. There's that rahmatul alameen. There is the one that changed our lives and changed the world and will be remembered till the end of times. That's him right there. Then he asked, where's my grandfather? Referring to Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. 
where is my grandfather? So she pointed at it. And then he said to her that this third one must be the grave of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. She said, yes. So he is one of the few people that actually has this honor that Aisha radiallahu anha opened the grave for him to have a viewing of the resting place of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa As he grows, he becomes a household name in Medina Munawwara. Everyone knows Qasim bin Muhammad. In scholarly circles, even till today, he is one of the most revered and most respected scholars. When Umar bin Abdul Aziz, who was the Umayyad Wali of Medina Munawwara, was approached with the proposal that it was time now to expand Masjid al-Nabawi, the Prophet's mosque. It was getting crowded. A lot of people were there. So he sought permission from the Khalifa. And when the Khalifa granted permission, when it came to bringing down the actual outer shell, the four walls that capsulated the Masjid, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz invited two people to initiate the process. That they would be the ones through their barakah, this project would be started. One was Qasim bin Muhammad and the second was Salim. He said, you two will come. And they came one by one and began removing the bricks. And from there, the, the walls were removed and the new walls were added, which now included the wives of the, of the Prophet of Allah's homes now were in the masjid. They were originally outside. This expansion brought them into the masjid. He lived, in a, lived a beautiful life. His knowledge was matched by none. His his wisdom was unique and people benefited from him throughout the world. They would travel to Medina Munawwara just to listen to the knowledge of Qasim bin Muhammad. He lived a long life, uh, close to 80 years, just shy of 80 years. And the last year of his life, he had a desire that I want to go to Makkah Mukarramah one last time. And he was on the way to Makkah Mukarramah when his health began to deteriorate. He turned to his child and he said to him, When I die, wrap my body in the garments that I worship Allah in. I don't want any other garments. The garments that I wore when I worship Allah, I want those to be the garments I'm wearing when I'm lowered into the grave. And I want those to be on my body when I stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me see Izari Walidai. Fadalika Kana Kafanu Jaddika Abi Bakr. And then he said to his child that this was the same kafan of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddhi. He said to his companions, Bury me in my garments, you don't need anything special. What am I going to do with expensive garments? And Abu Bakr Siddiqan said, The living are more in need of these garments. Those that are alive, they need those garments. Me, I'm dead. I'm leaving the world. I don't need any special garments anymore. And then he told his family members, when you bury me, uh, make my grave flat. It shouldn't be anything special. And, وَإِيَّاكُمْ أَنْ تَقِفُوا عَلَىٰ قَبْرِي وَتَقُولُوا كَانَ وَكَانَ فَمَا كُنْتُ شَيْئًا Don't stand around in my grave after I die and say to one another that he was this, he was that, he was this, he was that. For in reality, I was nothing. These were great giants and scholars who lived in the past, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevated. And today again, I share this story from the perspective of the tarbiyah. I focus too much on the legacy and knowledge of Qasim and Muhammad, even though I could, and there's a lot to be discussed here. 
But today was about how one of the wives of played a pivotal role in creating another child. An entire madhab is created from the knowledge of Qasim bin Muhammad. Imam Malik's madhab is taken from the opinions of the Fuqaha Sab'ah. And at the top of the Fuqaha Sab'ah, right at the top of that list, is who? Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. So today's lesson Tonight, living with the legends is for the mothers and the fathers. It's for you to know that what your children become and the potential that they have and the, and the great accomplishments that lie ahead of them, you need to put those seeds in the ground today. Don't look at the standard of parenting around you. Unfortunately, it is horrible. It is a disaster. So don't look left and right. Bury your head down into the books, and look at the example of the Sahaba, the Tabi'un, the generation that came after, the Anbiya alayhim wassalam. Have ambition. Believe in yourself. Don't, don't try to raise another nine till four kid who's going to work for some corporation like a minion. Create a wali, create a mujadid. Give birth to a child. Don't let your ambition be that to give birth to a child and raise a child who will work some corporate job and bring home six-figure salary. Is that all we believe in now? Look at these people. That a, a millennium later, their name is mentioned. They are remembered. Those parents believed. They made dua to Allah. They gave it their best. They laid the path for those children. And we all know, allowing our goals to reach fruition is in the hands of Allah. So for that, we ask Him for tawfiq and acceptance. وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته